Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Dr. Macon podcast. This is the first and only episode of today that is a conversation with the doctor pertaining um, his experience with uh, the client he's seen um, over the years. Welcome, doctor. Uh, thank you, Reggie. Thank you for having me on your show. Well, one of the things I was thinking of discussing is the type of patients that have presented and their mindsets when they come to see me. Mm. What is fascinating is that obviously as a psychiatrist, patients come to me with a negative uh, mood state. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And no matter what they describe, be it being depressed, hopeless, worthless, useless, mm-hmm. overwhelmed, angry, frustrated, irritated, mm. it is fascinating to see what brought them through the door. What has happened that has made them be that way? Mm-hmm. How are we feeling at that point? Why are we feeling that way? Mm-hmm. And... Over the years, I've asked patients, what, make you fe- what makes you feel that way? Mm-hmm. And people will generally identify the circumstance, the situation, events in their lives, mm-hmm. the trauma and the drama. And those are the words generally people will use to describe the state they're in. Mm. But very important is to ask them further, what is the source of the circumstance, the situation, the event, the trauma that brought them through the door? Mm-hmm. And many people will struggle with that. Lots will say, it was, I was a source because we've all read the self-help books mm-hmm. and I need to grab my destiny. I need to be the, uh, I was the one who brought this on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yes, it's okay to say that at one level, but let's look at it. Mm-hmm. What facilitated that circumstance, that situation, mm-hmm. that event in your life? Mm-hmm. And we'll probe and go deep into what was it that facilitated that circumstance and event. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And generally what we'd find Mm -hmm. that at some level Mm -hmm. we'd identify people Mm -hmm. that you see brought you to this state or a person Mm -hmm. that triggered you to such an extent Mm -hmm. making you feel overwhelmed, overburdened, Mm -hmm. depressed or anxious Mm -hmm. that made you feel the way you are. Mm -hmm. So something very interesting that uh, I describe to the patients in the groups Mm -hmm is that generally there are three sources of misery. Mm -hmm. One of them is the natural disasters that we face, Mm -hmm. be it floods, earthquakes. Oh, for example, right now there's COVID-19. Yes, yes. Right? Mm -hmm. The second one is uh, illness to our body. Mm -hmm. And the third, and I think probably the most fundamental reason patients come to me is external events mm-hmm. brought on by people in person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And 99% of the cases that I see generally are external events. Mm. Very rarely will we have a natural disaster. Even if it's COVID-related, sometimes mm-hmm. it's... Uh, of late, we are getting quite a few COVID patients. Mm-hmm. But it's, even there, it's related to maybe losing loved ones around them mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or some way that the affliction has impacted on their work mm-hmm. or their ability to engage with others. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Illness to body is quite interesting as well because people have to go through a huge introspection mm-hmm. process mm-hmm. and there's no necessarily identifiable enemy as such. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What is interesting that the mind's nature is mm-hmm. to look for some identifiable enemy mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that has mm-hmm. impacted on our ego and our identity Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, that has made us vulnerable. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So what's fascinating is that we all generally wish to find some identifiable enemy Mm -hmm. and generally in terms of external circumstance and event, Mm -hmm. it's a person or people Mm -hmm. that has brought us to the state we're in. Mm -hmm. So the mind then, very interestingly, Mm -hmm. tries to find a solution to Mm -hmm. this Mm -hmm. crisis it finds itself Mm -hmm. in. Mm -hmm. And one of the things our mind does is that, as we've learned from grade 
triple naught nowadays mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to uh, matric to university to mm-hmm. your double doctorate whatever it is mm-hmm, mm-hmm. is to find a solution mm-hmm, to the problem at hand mm-hmm. to find the answer to the question mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and we've been trained as mm-hmm. we all have you mm-hmm. know in this day and age mm-hmm. to think in this logical and rational manner mm-hmm. to f- solve the problem mm-hmm, mm-hmm, but we mm-hmm. all know when we face with a crisis in our lives mm-hmm dealing with as we said p- people and persons there seems to be no logical and rational answer mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so this mind goes into this t- complete turmoil trying to figure things out as mm-hmm. we know when we depress the mind seems to work overtime mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and the whole thing is that we wonder whether it will ever come up with a solution mm-hmm. and one of the things we do at the clinic is we generally admit patients for a week or two mm-hmm. and i would ask during your first or second week did you have an aha moment that made you run out of the corridor down the corridor saying uh-huh. hey i need to leave this place i've got <laughs> the answer i'm out of here mm-hmm. and generally even after 3 weeks of stay sometimes we don't even have the answer mm-hmm. the mind's fighting overtime give me the answer to the mm-hmm. situation mm-hmm. and there seems to be no answer and to maybe paraphrase what uh, einstein said mm-hmm. if you wish to find the solution to the problem you're facing you have to expand your consciousness mm-hmm. beyond this situation you're facing mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so that you find the solution mm-hmm. interesting it doesn't say expand your thinking which einstein was probably an authority on mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and the idea is to go into facets of yourself mm-hmm. that you've never explored before mm-hmm. so as much as the problem is external you have to go internally mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and various words we will use to describe it is to introspect mm-hmm. to self reflect mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to contemplate mm-hmm. or to just think deeply Mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. find the solution to the problem mm-hmm. but the hassle is the mind has a particular way of dealing with problems mm-hmm, mm-hmm. as we've learned we make mm-hmm. logical we rationalize mm-hmm. we analyze we uh, dissect we quantify mm-hmm. we measure mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but generally with the problems that brought us mm-hmm. to the point of depression it's quite interesting mm-hmm. because these problems are things or people or persons that we've given value to mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we've given meaning to mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or maybe we say it we've fallen in love with mm-hmm, mm-hmm. now if you look at things that we give value to meaning mm-hmm. to or fall in love with mm-hmm. we love her as we love as we tend to say unconditionally mm-hmm. immeasurably mm-hmm. so fascinating that the mind which is um, endeavors to measure and analyze how do you find a problem to something that's unmeasurable yeah and yeah. infinite in nature mm-hmm. or unconditional in nature or you think of it beyond just the person you may fall in love with mm-hmm. it's something we've given meaning to or value to like our work mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and our work in many ways then becomes our purpose our truth and meaning mm-hmm. if we've given that value mm-hmm. then the mind which tries to find a logical and rational answer mm-hmm. struggles mm-hmm. because purpose by nature is infinite and eternal and illogical and illogical mm-hmm. because it's beyond what the mind is able to conceive mm-hmm. so we're struggling to understand an, something that's infinite and eternal by a finite entity of the mind mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and therefore at the mind's current state of limits logics mm-hmm. rationalization mm-hmm. of the situation mm-hmm. it can never find a solution as such mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. then it's a very important space to recognize that you're in mm-hmm. because we need to recognize that the mind is not the master of who we are mm-hmm. but needs to serve as a servant of who we are mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we tend to see ourselves as a tool of the mind mm-hmm. rather than the mind being a tool of us mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and a saying that i'd like to state is that some people are controlled by the mind mm-hmm. versus some people control the mind mm-hmm. 
We all need to learn to control the mind. Like a lion grabs a goat, for example, by the neck and never lets go. We need to control the mind that brought us to that state. But to what extent do we, because um, we're living in a logical world, and uh, with that being the case, um, the mind, for us to be able to control it, are we going to then um, drag it to our logical world or we have to follow its illogical nature because that's where everything dwells in pertaining creativity and uh, um, a purpose and all that as you mentioned uh, interesting question you asked Reggie the mind by nature no matter what it thinks according to you and I mm. whatever our mind thinks is logical and rational so for example if we insist the world is flat mm -hmm. to us that's the most logical thing in the world mm. If we insist that one plus one equals three, that's logical to us, no matter what someone else says. Mm -hmm. So whatever the mind perceives is what it receives, if I could just use that statement. Mm -hmm. How it sees the world to it is completely normal, is the average and is the status quo. In fact, there's a statement by Richard Bach, mm -hmm. argue for your mind and sure enough it's yours. Mm -hmm. I'd like to state that further. So um, the mind is a fascinating entity. You might as well be saying, argue for your limitations and sure enough, it is yours. Because the mind is a representation of your limitations. Mm -hmm. Because you and I, there's many things we don't know. Mm -hmm. And for example, as much as we can see the spectrum of uh, infrared to ultraviolet, mm -hmm. we cannot see microwaves, x-rays, or any of the other frequencies. We cannot hear, they say, between, we can hear between 20 hertz and 20,000 hertz. Mm. But we, a, a dog that pricks up its ears in the late of the night, you don't tell it, hey, what, what the heck are you lift, lifting your ears for? Mm. Because he knows it can hear sounds that mm -hmm. we can't hear. Yes. Mm -hmm. So we restrict our world to what the mind can perceive. So we argue for the mind and sure enough it's yours. Argue for your limitations and sure enough it's yours. And if we extrapolate that one step further, mm -hmm. argue for your world, mm -hmm. and sure enough, it's yours. Mm -hmm. So all of us are arguing for our logic, our rationality, mm. not just from the world, mm. from the per people and persons around us. We want them to see the world as we do. And the harsh reality is the world very often acts irrespective of what we think. Mm -hmm. It acts irrespective of what we feel. Mm. It defies our logic mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and completely refuses to care about our rationality. And another interesting thing is that we have the story playing in our mind mm -hmm. that makes logical and rational sense of how things will work out. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But what's fascinating is the, mind, the world or the universe, whatever you want to call it, mm -hmm. creates its own story. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that's where we are in misalignment to the world at large or to what's happening in our lives. Mm -hmm. And it creates, if I use this phrase, this old movie where uh, you are no more the main actor or actress in your life. You're just playing a supporting role. And you're wondering whether you might just be one of the extras that but die by the wayside. <laughs> and you mm. actually literally feel mentally and emotionally you're dying because what's happening is that the mind, when it loses its identity mm. as to who it thinks and feels it should be, mm -hmm. is completely invulnerable completely feels completely destroyed mm. and thereby ends up feeling depressed because no matter what it thinks it sees no way out 
Mm-hmm. It, we go into points where we start bargaining and manipulating. Hopefully, it will shift our way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But many a time, it has its own path, and you and I have to kind of get back onto the path mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, or find get in line with life's path. And that's a tough one. Yeah, because yeah. the mind over the years has been rewarded for what it thought and felt. In fact, we learn at school mm-hmm. that. If you got the right answer, mm-hmm. you were given marks, you were rewarded, mm-hmm. you were affirmed, you were acknowledged, you were even appreciated mm-hmm. because you fitted in what with what at that moment society may have wanted from you. Mm-hmm. But many a time, no matter how much you may agree with society mm-hmm. or you feel even society may approve with how you see the world, mm. life doesn't seem to care. As much as everyone might agree, yes, the relationship was all your partner's fault and that was the reason why mm-hmm. it broke up. It had nothing to do with you. Mm-hmm. There's something deeper within you that says, gee was in spite of me being logical and rational, mm-hmm. being approved and acknowledged by mm-hmm. friends, family, society, mm-hmm. you still have that empty feeling. Because something interesting, when you, you and your partner break, as, as I described before, mm-hmm. the love that you felt, you might have at some level approached a level of it not being quantifiable, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. not being logical or rational. In mm-hmm. fact, lo- love by itself is an illogical and irrational mm-hmm. feeling. Mm-hmm. So by default of that, it is unmeasurable, unquantifiable. Mm-hmm. You probably at some fo- level felt it was immeasurable, infinite, eternal. Mm-hmm. And lo and behold, it breaks. And then you use this limited entity called the mind to try and understand why it broke. And the mind, all it does is dissect, analyze, rationalize, mm-hmm. makes logical on something that's completely beyond the spectrum of the mind. My understanding um, from everything that you said is that to some extent we need to um, live past our limitation or else uh, we're confining ourselves to a certain kind of world that um, in the long run um, end up making us feeling depressed or um not moving it's so it creates that frustration that you have so much limitation but you're supposed to maybe i don't know whether it's the right wedding to say lift your limitation or live past the limitation of the world around you maybe they they can be some sense of fulfillment or something like that uh i'm glad you you're asking this question because this is our natural instinct to do we then want to live beyond what we are. We want to improve on ourselves. We want to get better. We want to read 10, 20, 100 books on self-help. We completely want to figure it out and live beyond our limitations. And that puts a lot of pressure and effort on us. Mm. You know, It's a lot of work. Mm-hmm. And we get caught up in this trying to figure things out. Mm-hmm. Let me just expand my knowledge. Hey, if mm-hmm. the answer is in this book or that scripture, I'm going to read it and completely understand it Mm -hmm. and get it and yeah, I'm on top of the world. Mm -hmm. Not knowing there's a new limitation. Yeah, and there'll always be a limitation and that interestingly you raise that because it's like what Nelson Mandela said. He says, I'm paraphrasing, not his exact words, when Mm -hmm. he reached the top of the peak, Mm -hmm. he saw there were another thousand peaks (laughs) higher than the peak he was on. So it's like then becomes an exercise Sometimes it feels in futility, isn't mm-hmm. it? But that's actually part of the journey that you will do that. It's natural mm-hmm. instinct and it's, it's very important that we do that. We can't just sit back and say, no, 
I know I can't do it. And that's, we do that though. We do sit back and say, geez, I can't do anything. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes mm-hmm. we just completely overwhelmed, overburdened. We become a victim of the mm-hmm. situation and circumstances. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes think of it, you had your worst day. Mm-hmm. Things were just going wrong and more wrong and mm-hmm. more wrong. And just things are completely overwhelming. Now imagine you might say, geez, this is bad. Mm-hmm. Now, and multiply that 10,000 fold you'd be completely broken, yeah, right? Yeah. Because human nature is we put this mind at the forefront and we say, we're going to rock this world. Mm. And then we really struggle with that and we don't know where to, how to deal with it. And at some point, you then become a victim of the situation and circumstances. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But let's go back to you know the question you were asking and then do you, you strive and strive and the hassle is at some point you recognize she's no matter how much you're doing, setting the boundary higher, it doesn't seem to set you free Mm-mm. because all we're doing is again discovering as you said another uh, limit or another peak mm. or another world to conquer mm. if i say it and you find there's infinite worlds to conquer out there mm-hmm. in terms of a mental space so what are we trying to do when we try to when we do that though is we learning to try and gain another level of knowledge so mm-hmm. we then can control the circumstances and situations Human beings, we want to control things. We can control maybe what we eat in the morning. Mm. We can control, hopefully, what time we get to work, mm-hmm. leaving a bit earlier. Mm. We can we endeavor to even control people around us, but there's a fine line between control and manipulation mm-hmm. of the people mm-hmm. around us. And we learn, especially once you get power, you can control people. And if I manipulate people, mm-hmm. we might see that in politicians or people mm-hmm. in, in organizations. Yeah, it gives you control. some sense of control, yeah. manipulation. Mm-hmm. As much as we can control circumstances to a certain extent, events in your lives. Mm-hmm. And I'll put a statement out there, 99% of things you can't control. And it says, geez, 99%? We cannot control the very next moment. We can't control the weather. No one has any control of the COVID virus. None of us knew that a year later we'll be still wearing these masks. Uh, there's these, one day it will be seen as conspiracy theories about the vaccine, or it was like, aha, the vaccine was the best <laughs> thing ever. Mm. The wrong right vaccine, the right vaccine. I'm on these doctors' groups where we debate the the pros and cons of various vaccines, mm-hmm. the length of th- time of illness, the the uh, you know the vulnerability to reinfection all these things we can't control these things mm-hmm. uh various other things we can't control our height mm-hmm. of ourselves or our kids mm-hmm. if we could at this day and age trust me there'll be a queue outside the door of the doctor that does that <laughs> some of yeah, us struggle yeah. to mm-hmm. uh control yes we can't control our minds mm-hmm. there's a description of the mind being like a monkey intoxicated bitten by a scorpion possessed by the devil jumping from tree to tree, pillar to post. And sometimes some of us in our minds going crazy, that's a mild description of it. (laughs) (laughs) Ten times of that. So what do we do then, given that, yes, we're going to have more and more peaks to reach up to or new limitations we'll discover or going beyond boundaries yet discovering another boundary, is that, yes, there's certain things you can control. But we need to then learn to be aware, to notice, to let be. And step back from that state of mind. And if you look at it, when I spoke of introspection, contemplation, reflection, 
It's to go to that deeper space where you let go of the boundaries, the measures and the limitations of your mind. Go to that much more deeper space where you dissolve those boundaries, those limitations, the categories, the quantities, the measures that you've introduced. So it all becomes just one entity. At an ultimate state is then where we see things for what they are rather than what we'd like it to be mm-hmm. or what the mind would like it to be. Mm-hmm. More so is to see it for completely what it is rather than what the persons in our lives and the people in our lives would like us to see it to be. Mm-hmm. Because we all have some vested interest mm-hmm. as, as to how we'd like people to see things. Mm-hmm. And the third measure and all three are tough, by the way. I don't think any one of them is one over the other. Yeah. It's to see things for exactly what they are, mm. rather than the whole world, the people in it, the circumstances and the events, the situations, make it out to be. So if you look at it, the first one I said is see things for what they are rather than what you would like it to be. Mm-hmm. Your mind will fight with you to see things in a particular way. Mm-hmm. Your mind will really want you to see it that you were the victim in a situation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. A question I ask where I present the scenario of where you see yourself as a victim and by default the people and persons in your lives that were at the other end of the spectrum or the, on the other side of the circumstance or situation, they are the victimizer. Mm-hmm. And I share with my patients, do you, if we had to invite them in the room and we're sitting outside having a coffee break, with the people that you invited into the room that were the source of the conflict in your lives, would they see you as the victim of them or would they see themselves as a victim of you? Who is the victim? Who is the victimizer? In the South African context, we have Judge Zonda at the moment who's running a commission of inquiry mm. into mm. corruption. Mm. Mm. And even if we had to bring him in, who would he deem the victim? <laughs> who would he deem the victimizer? Mm. Fascinatingly, mm. most of them who come to his commission of inquiry and are put up onto the dock or podium or whatever they They diplomatically call it, Mm -hmm. all of them present themselves as victims. I have still to find the victimizer says, I messed you up, I took the money and ran. (laughs) Mm. Uh, So it's fascinating that the human mind would always see itself as a victim. Mm. But very importantly is to step forth from that victim, step back and we refuse to because the mind wants to. I was the one that was done wrong. I was right. So by default, you did wrong. And you did wrong to me. But to step back from victimhood means stepping back from you seeing yourself as a victim, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. refusing to be a victim. Mm -hmm. And the example I use, given we all at some point feel victims in our lives, you know, depression, hopelessness, worthlessness, Mm -hmm. You can Google it. It's on YouTube. Is watch the video of uh, Nelson Mandela leaving prison. Mm. The day he left prison. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, I ask the people that I uh, give this example to, did he have a demeanor of a victim when he walked out there? In fact, if you take uh, him walking out, he at some point got out of the car because the crowds were so overwhelming. Mm-hmm and walked with his wife holding her hand, mm-hmm. waving his, the other hand in the air mm-hmm. in, in a form of a salute. Mm. There was no 
There was no victimhood in the man. He was in complete control of his situation and circumstance and mm-hmm. events. Mm-hmm. In fact, he describes, and I'm paraphrasing again his words, he could have very well been angry at what suffering his people had been through. But he chose not to get angry mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and thereby set himself free. Mm-hmm. He says words along the lines of, I kept my head facing towards the sun mm. and my feet walking forward. I decided I could not and would not lose my dignity. Mm-hmm. What he says, what he says fur- goes on further to say is that if he had continued to allow himself to express those negative emotions, mm-hmm. he would still be a prisoner of those who had put him in prison along those lines. Fascinatingly, we have to shift thought from being a victim, see it for what it is, mm-hmm. and thereby we set ourselves free. We need to step back from the limitations of the mind mm-hmm. to break free of that mindset mm-hmm. and allow ourselves to enter a better space of being mentally and emotionally. And therein, we give force to more positive emotions mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. we will always have things in our lives circumstances, events, people that make us messed up as such, mm-hmm. who make the mind messed up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But how do we, I'm going to use a word, retaliate, is that in spite of the circumstances and situations we face, we have to give forth the love, compassion and kindness. The example of Nelson Mandela is, is, is very important and very fascinating why because when he came out, quite a lot of people were um, still enraged and they wanted to, look, okay, let's retaliate now. Let's, we, uh, now because you're free, let's retaliate. And uh, even um, the wife, Winnie, was sharing the same kind of sentiment, which I guess um, made them differ ideologically and to some extent, um, their level of introspection, because obviously her, she was still in the in, in the midst of things out out of prison, and he was in prison, and um, and I guess a lot of people will ask themselves, how do you therefore choose compassion, kindness, and love um, when um, you still feel um, this kind of way about the world at large and the situation and circumstances? Because to some extent, it feels as though that you need to break um, through those limitations in order for you to be free from um, people's circumstances and life itself. Because it can be easily intoxicating for one to have went through something and still, okay, be able to let go and understand the situation for what it is. But people around you, can be very influencing in altering your perception of the situation or your feeling towards that. So one of the things that we need to do in order to be angry, sad, hopeless, worthless, frustrated, irritable, mm-hmm. is to find generally, generally it's easier to find someone rather than something. Mm-hmm. We need to find someone or some people that we angry, shout, scream, fight, mm-hmm. Uh, abusive towards or be abused by Mm -hmm. so the mind needs to identify a person or people that we need to be that way towards and very well we may get our day of judgment where we or reconciliation where we 
get our justice. And does that guarantee we will feel okay? Your partner who dumped you comes and asks for forgiveness or something to that extent. Mm-hmm. And even goes down and say, please come back to me, but you've moved on and you say never and all those nice things or mm-hmm. bad things. Mm-hmm. With the help of friends. Mm-hmm. Yes, and you feel okay. How long does that make you feel okay for? What the mind will do is look for another victim or victimizer. Or if you're a victim, it will look for someone, something to victimize you. Victimize you. The one South African example I use is mm-hmm. in the past of watching uh, something I sometimes sadly call a reality show is the in the old days was the state of the nation address mm-hmm. and as you would sit there watching especially the prior to the actual speech itself mm-hmm. south africans would go through a huge range of emotions mm-hmm. which would be anger frustration disappointment hopelessness overwhelmed yet the the people that you're watching on television have no clue that you exist have no clue to who you are as a person mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yet you will go through those whole ro- host of emotions and what's fascinating is that the person that you feel that towards or against has n- no clue of you yet you feel these things and this is just a projection on a television screen mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and as much as you switch the TV off and you move on you still feel those emotions and the next day you might even someone cuts you off in traffic you find that anger just comes back up again the mind always looks for an identifiable enemy mm-hmm. in order for the mind to feel right something has to be wrong mm-hmm. in order to be feeling good about itself something needs to be bad mm-hmm. in order to be to be comfortable it needs to identify what's uncomfortable mm-hmm. so the mind will always find something now do we want to live in that state of complete action reaction to every situation mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or we want to choose in spite of how someone might act or think or feel or do that we can choose our response and what would be the ideal response that we can choose rather than being a victim of person people situation and circumstances mm-hmm. why don't we break free of that and allow a deeper level of compassion and kindness mm-hmm. why is that important because yes we spoke of control earlier mm-hmm. in order to control a situation or circumstance we need to learn to control the mind mm-hmm. if you control the mind you control the situation mm-hmm. what we humans do is try to control the situation and circumstances and thereby hopefully we will control our mind we want the world to be at peace around us so we will be at peace But you and I need to be at peace amidst how the world behaves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's a huge challenge. And fascinatingly, we need to control... Once we control the mind, mm-hmm. we actually then control the situation. Because in order to control the situation, you need clarity of thinking. Mm-hmm. Clarity of the mind. Rather than reacting, be it physically, mentally or emotionally. I think uh, there's so much to discuss. Thank you so much uh, Dr. and for coming through and thank you for sharing all this information and um, the knowledge you have uh, about uh, the mind itself. Thank you so much. Thank you Reggie. Speak to you next time. Cheers. Thank you. Bye.